King Size presents The Long Talk with Matt Robinson. A deep dive into a uniquely portable magic with the magicians themselves. Brilliant. So, Jessica, welcome. Welcome to King Size. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It's a real pleasure to meet you. Thank and, you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. For those people out there that aren't familiar with your writing, tell us about yourself. Um, yeah, tell us about Jessica Huntley, the author. Yeah, so um, I'm a self-published author, have been for a couple of years now. Um, I'm also a mum to an almost four-year-old son. Um, I used to be a personal trainer. I used to be a British soldier. Uh, I've got a husband who's actually still in the military. Um, yeah, I love reading. I love writing. I love keeping fit. So I exercise every day or when I can <laughs> fit it in. Um, and yeah, like I said, I've been self-publishing books for a couple of years. So Jessica, Jinx, what's it about? Tell us with no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's always difficult trying to explain <laughs> your book without giving spoilers but okay so Jinx is a, a suspense thriller it's got a hint of kind of enemies to lovers romance in it it's about mental health recovering from trauma but also uncovering a murder mystery so my main kind of tagline is who would you believe is capable of murder the man you almost married or the man whose life you saved and it's about Amy she is a British soldier and she saves a man's life. But this incident causes traumatic flashbacks of the explosion and what happened. And she starts to really suffer from PTSD. Um, and she basically forces her to hide from herself and, and not accept who she is. Uh, 12 years later, the man that she saved is back on the scene and he's arrested for a murder that he claims he didn't commit. So the victim is actually someone very close to Amy. So she kind of has to figure out, did this man murder this person or did he not? Can she believe him? And yeah, it's it's about Amy then discovering, trying to live a normal life, start dating again. Um, and I guess trying to put the past behind her, but then also moving on into the present and to accept who she's become. So that might be a little bit long-winded there, but hopefully it's a, <laughs> no. a lot of information there. Yeah, spot on. Brilliant. And no spoilers as well, as you say. It's a tough call to dance yeah. around it, but yeah, very nice. Well, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Right. And you've got, t tell us about the books that you've got out there already. Yeah. So I started off with my debut novel uh, called The Darkness Within Ourselves. Um, and that's heavily uh, on mental health, and it's got a slight horror element as well, I think. Um, and then, so that was my debut. And then I've got the Myself series, starting off with My Dark Self. And this is a psychological thriller series. And it's about two people in one body, so kind of split personality. Uh, and that was probably my favourite one to, to kind of series to write. Um, so, yeah, they're all kind of psychological. Um, and, yeah, they got all have elements of mental health in them because yeah. I think it's an important topic. Um, and yeah, and Jinx is no different, actually, my new book. So 
Jinx is coming out uh, in April fifth on April the fifteenth. Um, and yeah, that's also a, like a suspense thriller. And although I guess it's kind of psychological as well, because I still bring that mental health into it, but I yeah. I, I don't have the far fetched plot as horror element kind of thing. It's more of a a tame thriller, I guess, as you would, <laughs> uh, with regards to some of my other books, which are probably a little bit more crazy with the whole plot. You have to kind yeah. of use your imagination a little bit for my other ones. Yeah, so. well, I mean, I, I was lucky enough, you know, to to to, to have a copy of Jinx, and uh, there's certainly nothing tame about it. I mean, it's an absolute page turner, and I love mm. the fact that it deals with um, so many themes within it. We, you know, as you said, mental health recovering from trauma coming to terms with disability um that those are just some of the themes but also it's got this incredible police procedural thriller aspect of the book mm. to it mm. how how easy was it to to juggle um you know, all of those themes with, w- within the novel um so the whole police procedural uh, i tried to stay a little bit out of it as much as i could because i know there's a lot of crime thrillers out there and they go really into the heavy police side of things and that's not my strong suit at all I don't know anything about the police so I didn't want to that would have been a lot of research and things like that I want to write about something I knew which is why it's got the army element into it and being a British soldier Um, but I think weaving all of those different themes I think works well with the police procedural um, because the main character Amy she's still kind of got a murder to solve as well uh, and because she worked in a police station not as a an officer but in evidence and because the the victim is close to her heart or was close to her heart she feels the need to kind of solve this murder as well um but not with the police help as it were you know she's kind of trying to stay out of it um so yeah so definitely weaving I always like to weave lots of these different themes into my books because I think it creates a great plot, um, develops the characters having these mental health issues and struggles that they're dealing with. Um, like I said, hopefully it, it turns them into kind of page turners, as it were. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think so, so many of us, you know, there's that discussion about mental health. And, you know, I, I think everybody really, especially over the course of the pandemic in particular, mm. um, you know, it became something that seems to be less taboo. That, And, and so that the fact that you've got these characters that, you know, they're, they're very human, they're very um, uh, relatable to, mm. you know. And, and I really think in particular with, with Amy, you have somebody who feels full of the complexities and the anxieties but also the triumphs that we as human beings have how much fun was it to write uh, Amy so yeah Amy was quite um, a unique kind of character to write uh, she's got a little bit of elements of myself in her mm. but I wanted to try to stay away from writing about myself as it were and using myself as a character however I have used experiences of uh, what I went through in in the army and the army um, background to create her character Um, for example without ruining the plot or giving anything away the the part where she mentions that she actually breaks her hip during training 
uh, is actually true. That's what happened to me. Um, so, you know, it just kind of builds on elements in her background. Mm. And, she, and it was quite a bit of fun to write, but she obviously doesn't go through a lot of fun. She does go through quite a lot of trauma um, and PTSD, obviously, uh, because she, she actually saves a man's life near the very beginning of the book. Yeah. Uh, but she loses a lot of herself after that. Um, not just physically but mentally as well and then struggles with overcoming um, loss and mm. she can't accept herself I guess for what's what's happened to her um, and that's quite true of a lot of um, soldiers I guess in particular uh, PTSD is obviously quite relevant when it comes especially for soldiers mm. to what they go through so I, I really wanted to explore Mm. that element in in the book um and and the man she saves you know jones he he has his own issues um and he might not be very likable but you know that's that kind of what what happens to you when you have that sort of trauma uh, and you lose yourself i guess yeah and yeah unfortunately soldiers struggle a lot with that and um there is help available yeah, um, I was going to ask what. Out there, what yeah, but yeah, it's um, it's not an easy road to to go through. Yeah, and I was going to ask. I mean, regarding the help that is available for, you know, soldiers who go through, you know, such extreme situations that most of us just you know read about from a safe distance in a book. I mean, mm. what help is there that's available? Yeah, I mean, the facility that Amy actually goes to, or Amy and Jones both go to to recover. It's actually based on a, a, a real um, facility where, right. where injured soldiers can go to um, and recover. And obviously they they work on their mental health, their, their physical health, as well as their mental health, the, yeah. you know, psychiatrists and things like that. So, And also they don't have to go to that facility. Obviously there is other options mm. out there. So, it, you know, if something like awful does happen, there is support you know, within the army structure to to help them but for example obviously amy she she was she had to leave the services you know and she was she wasn't she had to be medically discharged because of her injuries yeah um, and the same with, with jones in the book as well so obviously if it gets to a point where they're not going to be able to recover enough to carry on their job mm. as a soldier you know not just physically but you know mentally it's it's it would be tough to carry on after some of those situations so yeah and I, I found myself you know as you say Amy you know it, it is discharged and I, I found that her reaction just incredible it made me root for her so much where she's so gutted about that and mm. you know the, there's passages where she talks about how much you know um the army has taken from her and we see her go through some real extreme um, traumas and situations. Yet when she is discharged, she feels this crushing sense of sadness and yeah. it just really spoke volumes of her as a person, as a character. Because I'm going, mm. oh, God, you just be relieved. But actually, no, she wants to get back out there. And and I think that's the complexities that I notice in the book and say with a character like Jones. Yeah, there's moments where he's not particularly likable but there's moments that are there's real tenderness and a real um lightness and he's going through a situation that so many of us can't even comprehend and what that then does so it seems these characters that you created then 
they're so far away from being binary <laughs> good bad <laughs> evil happy sad yeah. they're, they're, they're so complex and shaped by what they've lived right yeah and that's what i really try and do in my books um is to really develop the characters so they feel mm. like real people um, and obviously you know there's a certain extent that is dramatized for fiction writing but they're all they're all based on what can happen to a real person um and and my previous books the myself series the two people in one body that the last book I've had reviews from people just saying that once they finished the book they felt like they'd lost friends they felt like they lost their best friends because there was no more no more <laughs> characters wow. to read about and that's when I know that I've kind of right. I've done my job properly you know yeah because it means that they've connected to the characters yeah. and whether they like them or not yeah is a different matter but the point is that they can maybe relate to them, yeah. connect with them on any sort of level. Um, and that's what I really tried to do with Jinx to quite, um, yeah, it was a unique mm. experience writing because I had that background myself. Yeah. Um, and I did have my husband read through it <laughs> to make sure that I remembered everything properly and kind yeah. of I needed his opinion on on, on certain aspects so, yeah, I, I did get him to read through it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we have, you know, in the beginning, some of the incredible um, flashback techniques that that you utilize and um, and out in uh, out in the desert. And, and there's an th- absolutely thrilling passage, um, again, without giving anything away, because you don't want to we don't want to spoil this for oh. people that have yet to, to, to read this brilliant book. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a really thrilling passage involving a, a, an IED. Again, was that, you know, did were you able to write about that so realistically through personal experience or through talking to, you know, other soldiers that have been through that? Yeah, it's not my own personal experience, mm. I'll be, I'm happy to, to yeah. say. Um, and I never actually went to Afghanistan myself. Uh, I did actually train to go, but because of an injury, my broken hip, I had to get pulled off it. Um, but I spoke to... Um, lots of people, and my husband as well, because he he's been to been to Afghanistan, yeah, uh, a couple times. And yeah, I have known friends who have experienced yeah. um, what it's like to uh, be involved in IED explosion, um, or have heard about it. Um, we even going through training when I was going through training, we would had to go through lots of different experiences of what it would be like, what you'd need to do. Uh, and all that sort of thing so yeah although it's not from a you know a personal perspective mm-hmm. I felt I had enough experience to actually write about what it would be like and hopefully kind of made it as realistic as possible and you see a lot of things like that in films as well so you know it's you could take some things from different films mm. well it's so. it's yeah it's so vivid and just the sense of that 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 heat and the desert yeah. heat just permeating the the pages you know from mm. afghanistan it's 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 really visceral and viscerally mm. captured um so yeah fantastic and you you shift with your narrator from the first person to the third person and sometimes we, we we jump from one character to another so constantly keeping us guessing was that a choice in advance of writing or was that something that kind of happened organically as you were writing Jinx? 
Yeah, so originally I wrote it all from Amy's perspective and I wrote it all <laughs> in third person. Right, okay, wow. That was that was the first, you know, uh, write through. And then I sent it to better readers. Mm. Um, and the reason why I added in Jones's, it's not heavily on Jones and Daniel's, the two male characters, but there is, I wanted to get a little bit of their experience in as well. And, mm. and the better readers were like, yeah, they thought they would benefit from hearing about their inner thoughts as well yeah but when it came to Amy's paragraphs and obviously some of it's set in the past and some of it is then set 12 years later and it goes back and forth Mm. and I thought the bit in the past where she goes through the trauma of the explosion and her recovery the way why I decided to change it to first person because I thought it would just connect with the reader more and you'd be able to hear Amy's read Amy's thoughts and feelings rather than from a third person narrator um and hopefully that's kind of come across and because I've written a lot of my books in first person the three myself series were all in first person Mm. so I kind of wanted a bit of both in this one just to Mm. see how it worked and hopefully it it's it's worked well so just tell us a little bit about your um, writing process, because uh, I know Stephen King often talks about how um, he has a concept, has an idea, um, but he never outlines. And, um, you know, the characters often surprise him and then he goes with them in that way. Um, what What's your creative process when you're creating these psychological thrillers? Yeah, I mean, pretty much what Stephen King does is I don't come up <laughs> yeah. with a plan. Why not, right? <laughs> I don't I don't have a plan when I start writing. Um, I have an idea, but I don't know what's going to happen when I start it. I might plan out the first couple of chapters just to get me going. Mm. But when it comes to the characters and the plot, it literally happens as I type words into the keyboard. The characters come to life. I then make notes of what their, their hair colour is, their eye colour, all their traits and personalities. But they literally just come to life as I write it. Um, I was speaking to another writer and she's like, oh, no, I, I plan out absolutely everything. It goes on a little post note on the wall when, and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't do that. <laughs> um, I, I never I never have. I just, no. Isn't it fascinating, the, the it different just, approaches? I, it, yeah. just, it just comes to me. Um, yeah. And the first draft is utter rubbish because by the time I finished first draft, it's completely different to the start of the book. Yeah. And I might have to go back and rewrite it. But yeah. but that's the whole point of mm. letting it flow as I write. So mm. I, I love it because I, it's like watching a, a movie in my head as I'm typing. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> it just 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 decide to do something different and I'm like oh I'm gonna go with it I'm gonna go with that (laughs) that's that's fantastic and yeah again you know King speaks about he has uh, his set routines you know long walk Mm. puts out a certain number of words before lunch afternoon is for edits and uh, and Mm. looking over the output of that as you said, you're, you, you know, you, you're a, you're a mum to a toddler and uh, yeah. managing lots of stuff. How do you have a writing schedule per se? Yes and no. When I wrote mm. my first book, it was in lockdown. Yeah. Um, my child was a baby. I basically wrote it whenever he had a nap, which wasn't very often. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. It, it happened. Sometimes it was 10 minutes. Sometimes it was two hours. I literally worked with what I was given yeah um now he's in preschool and starting school in September 
Um, so I've got more time for myself now, but I do have a job. Um, I'm a copywriter and editor. Uh, I also have to do all the mum stuff. So, you know, preschool drop off, making the lunch, doing the dinner, doing the food shop, doing the cleaning, walking the dog, whatever else needs to happen. Um, so I kind of have to work around what yeah. I've got, you know. Um, and at the moment, I'm, I'm aiming for a thousand words a day, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like a lot because I know Stephen King was like 10,000 words a day, wasn't it? That's Apparently, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. yeah, that's not happening for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I work with what I've got. The, yeah, the first draft of the book I'm writing at the moment was a thousand words a day. Yeah. Now I've done the first draft. Now it's editing one chapter a day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's okay. it's small goals, mm. but they're they're attainable, um, and I can work it around w- with my life. Yes, yeah. yeah, and and you know, as you said, you started writing, uh, you know, d- during um, during that lockdown period. I know a lot of the authors that that we've spoken to on King Size found that lockdown was an incredibly freeing, creative time um, because obviously. We were at home and, of course, we were juggling and dealing with so much, but that busyness of life wasn't quite there. Um, how what's it compare like now? I mean, is there almost a nostalgia for the the time, the lockdown time for you as an author, just for the writing time you had? Yeah, and, and obviously my husband was at home quite right. a lot as well during lockdown. Even even the army kind of they had to do the work from home thing yeah. um, as much as possible. So it was nice having him around. So if if my child did kick off or something, and I was like, oh, I, I want to get this done, he could take over. Or, yeah. Um, but since the lockdowns ended, um, with my husband in the army, he goes away a lot. So I'm often uh, by myself. So. <laughs> Yeah, I I do keep busy during the day, but I still feel like I'm stuck at home sometimes because mm-hmm. all of my work is home-based. Yeah. Doing the author stuff, copywriting, I work from home. Um I don't I don't go out and see people, you know, I don't um so in a way it's not hugely different for me at the moment. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I I'm lucky to have lots of, of friends that I've I've met both readers, mm. um, book bloggers and writers, fellow authors who I've met through through creating my Instagram profile and TikTok and all of that, um, which is really great because, yeah. you know, my friends I have, you know, around, although I don't have friends around me, friends who are outside of the writing circle, they don't know about the writing, they don't really understand yeah. Um, whereas other authors, other readers, you know, they, they do. So it's they yeah, get it, how right. much I have to how much I have to juggle when uh, yes. it's done. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's it. I, I mean, you know, there's such a such a vibrant reading community, as you mm. said on on Instagram. And I mean, what what advice would you give? You know, um, to to those mothers trying to get their first book written and published. And as you said dealing with and juggling with all the stuff that you know you as a mum you as a woman have have to deal with so I guess my advice would just be if you're really serious about writing is that obviously your family and everything comes first but if you're really serious about writing a book and getting it published then you need to set aside that time like anything 
in life. If you've got a goal that you want to attain, it's just breaking it down into smaller sizable chunks that you can actually deal with. Um, and that's why, you know, I might only write a thousand words a day, but it's doable for me. If I if I set myself a goal of 10,000 words a day, I would fail literally probably within the first day because there's no way I'd be able to get that done as well as everything else. So I think, yeah, my advice would just be to set set yourself some small goals and give yourself a break as well. If you miss a day because of kids, kids are sick or they have to stay home from school or I don't know, anything else that pops up is to give yourself a break. You know, you're only human. Um, Tomorrow is another day. It doesn't mean you failed. Mm. Uh, it just means that you know just carry on carry on the next day a bit about kindness there you know as an author right to just give yeah. yourself that that break mm. um and you mentioned jessica that um i read that you know obviously this the idea the concept the story for jinx that initial conception came about when you were a teenager is that right mm-hmm. and just talk us through that and then how it shifted from what we uh what what we've got in front of us now yeah so i actually wrote about 10 books when i was a teenager from the age well, from the ages of 11 to 18 um and jinx was one of them but it's changed quite dramatically to be honest it didn't have the army element because I was a teenager I hadn't been in the army yet um so none of that was there it uh even the character names were different apart from um Amy's two best friends and I think the police detective Tony I think I kept his name Mm -hmm. that's still similar so Amy still worked in a police station there was still a murder she needed to solve but the actual Everything else is pretty much different. So, because I read it, I wanted, I knew I wanted to write, rewrite it. Um, and I read it and I literally got about three pages in and I was like, this is rubbish. This is utter rubbish. Not only was my writing style atrocious, I was just like, no, I don't, I don't see myself actually editing this. I have to rewrite the entire thing. Um, and use, and use my own experience. So that's, that's what I did. Yeah. But it was it was nice to kind of go back and, and I've kept the title as well because I love the title. Um, and I kind of had to be like, well, how can I how can I use that title and make it relevant yeah. in an army based, well, not fully army based, but thriller, you know. Um, and that's why hopefully I, I've, I've sort of weaved the whole, you know, jinx as in jinxing yourself. You, two people say the same thing at one time or whatever. Um, and there's little snippets of relevance throughout the book which hopefully yeah. works <laughs> yeah for, for sure for sure and I, I, and I love that because uh, you know again we know that Stephen King uh, has tried to write certain books like 11 22 63 when he was mm. younger and realized that actually he just no he, he just wasn't able to do it justice do that story the mm. justice he needed a bit more experience and a bit more life behind him before yeah. he then went and attempted it and so as you said looking at it you just you retained those elements that were working yeah. but writing with a more lived in experience um yeah well funnily enough actually i back when i was a teenager i actually took my work to um uh, a writer, fellow writer, and he was much older, in his 50s or whatever, so he obviously had a lot of experience. Yeah. And he read it and he was, just, you know, he was quite brutally honest. And I think that's why I gave up on writing for a long time after that. But anyway, it's beside the point. He told me 
that my work or my writing needed life experience. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I did. You know, mm. I went away. I joined the army when I was 18. Um, I, you know, I got experience through that. I traveled. Mm. I met people. Then I left, became a personal trainer, got married, had a baby. <laughs> And then I started writing again. So, you know, <laughs> you haven't been standing still, have you? I mean, no, that's that's a no. hell of a lot of experience racked up. I think up I've today. moved. I think I've moved like locations about twelve times. Right. Yeah. Of course. Well, because of you know yeah. army, uni, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I never. I don't live in the same place longer than three years because mm. obviously mm. The, my husband's still in the army, so we constantly yeah. move. Mm. Uh, but we are looking to settle down. But anyway, that's uh, going mm-hmm. off on a tangent. But yeah, it's um, that's that's kind of what I did with with Jinx, especially is brought my own life experience to to life, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something about you know, obviously Jinx. There's that connection to the past, literally. You know, you 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 mm-hmm. had that conception of, of, of this story when you were a teenager, and. It really struck me, obviously, there's a passage in Jinx where you talk about um, the past has a way of catching up with you. How how does the past inform this novel? So when it comes to cause the, the novels, you know, set in the past and then the present, as it were, 12 years later after that, um, I think Amy's past has a huge impact on on where she is now. Um, and I really like that idea of kind of, you know, getting to the end of a chapter and then going back to the past and finding out how how she changed and how she actually got to that point in the book. And as the two timelines kind of coincide, they get to the end and they kind of meet up and actually then you're like, oh, so that's how she got to the place where she was 12 years later. Mm. Um, and I, I really like that idea. And I actually... Um, use the idea actually from another author called Lucy Clark who's a, a psychological thriller author and she she did that same thing and um, you know past and present and then how they come together at the end of the book um, and I really like that so um, I, I definitely used kind of her book as an inspiration for in the past and the future. Yeah so you mentioned Lucy Clark and you know w- what other authors for you uh, are those go-to authors and you know what makes a really good psychological thriller for you so i always i have so many favorite authors it's it's difficult to to give you just one but you don't um, have to, yeah you can give yeah, a list I mean, <laughs> lucy clark for um kind of more realistic thrillers um Chris Carter for gritty gruesome crime thrillers uh John Mars for mental psychological thrillers that literally blow my mind uh, and he's obviously he started off as being self-published um and that's a huge inspiration for me because John Mars is is now a massive name in traditional publishing thrillers um and yeah I you know aspire to be hopefully be like that one day um, and then actually Stephen King is a huge um, you know, author for me that I, I really enjoy. Um, it, his book, It, is actually has quite similar elements to my first book, um, The Darkness Within Ourselves. What's been compared to it in the reviews that I've gotten with regards to, you know, kids, something traumatic happening to them when they were yeah. younger, doing a whole blood oath and and 
them having psychological kind of issues as they go through through life and, and dealing with things like that. So I, yeah, I really like that. Um, I, I've not actually read the book, but I've watched the film um, loads of times. And it is actually one of those books that I really need to actually sit down and, and read. Um, but it's just quite long. I think it's the length that scares me. It's, yeah. Well, <laughs> well if, if, if we can help out, we do have. We broke it down last year. We spent a, a year in Derry and we wow. did it in uh, six parts. Yeah. So we did it over six months, uh, looking at say you know, 150, 200 pages each month. Mm-hmm. So if you fancy doing a read along with it, then that might that, be useful. Yeah. yeah it, well, we just found actually it was really interesting because so many people were just intimidated by the sheer size mm. of it and going, my God, I just don't have the time. As were we, you know, mm. we knew we wanted to tackle it. Mm. But we were both, uh, myself and Simon, who co-hosts the show with me, we were like, well, when are we going to find the time to do that? Yeah. We go, you know, jobs, families, other. Yeah. So we thought, let's approach it. Let's break it down. It's written in, this, in these six parts and there's a reason for it. So we've fat tackled each part separately. No spoilers, episode mm. to episode, and just really were able to go forensically deep with it. So. Wow. If you do want to get into yeah, Derry, no, then sounds... uh, yeah, it's the way to do. <laughs> but but hey, back you know, back to your stories, Jessica. I mean, you know, the fact that you've been compared to uh, to it. I mean, that that's well, that's, that's praise I, yeah, indeed, right? I had two reviews that were like that, and and I was just like, well, <laughs> to be compared to Stephen King um, is quite an honour. Funnily enough, though, as I was writing the Darkness within ourselves, I didn't think of it at all, and it was only when I read those reviews that I was like. Yeah, you know what? It is quite it is quite similar. Um, or just kind of the themes and, and that within it. Um, but I think my favourite Stephen King is probably Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um and The Shining was the first Stephen King I read. Uh, to be honest, I've only started reading him for the past four years. I, mm. I didn't read um anything before that. So yeah, The Shining was definitely the first one I've read. Um and obviously I've seen more I've seen more films of his more yeah. than books I've read, but I've got quite a few King on my shelf that I haven't read yet. So I must uh I must get to it. You know, The Shining is for me one of the greatest psychological thrillers, you know, um, because yes, there's some elements, as we know, of the supernatural, but ostensibly it's the monsters within, as so many yeah. of King's books are. You know, yeah. it's the inner monster, the inner trauma, uh, and the impact that that is having on yeah. those around us, those nearest yeah. and dearest. Um, you know, very much mental health, recovering from trauma, those yeah. themes of Jinx and your earlier um, novels, that's absolutely for me the lifeblood of a lot of king's novels and as we say many a time i wouldn't put him in horror section if anything he's suspense or or thriller if if it needed to be to be pigeonholed um and and that's the thing jessica when you read a book um are you able to be able to lose yourself in it or are you always looking at the mechanics of writing the tricks the crafts uh what's that like for you as an author uh, I guess it's kind of a little bit of both. I yeah, definitely yeah. lose myself in a book and just forget everything else. Um, but there's some books I've read that I look at or get to the end of a chapter or, or a paragraph or something and 
it's just so beautifully written. And I know that's a strange thing to say about a thriller, but I just stop and I'm like, I go back and reread it mm. because it, it literally just sparks something in my mind. I'm like, oh, I wish I could write like that. Mm. You know, and, and I I look at the sentence structure and, and the plot. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of both. Like, it depends on the book I'm reading. Um, there's a, a, the first John Mars book I read, the name escapes me now. But um, I was so caught up in the plot that um, I almost forgot I was reading. It was like a movie in my head. And and I love that, actually, when it's so well written that I can see see what happening, what lies between us. That's, that's the uh, Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just... You just see it like a movie mm. in my mind. And mm. that's that's always great for me to, when I read a book and can see that. And it's the same with my writing, you know. I, yeah. It literally plays out like a movie. Yeah. Um, and I just write it, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I get that. I don't know if you're a fan of... Um... Joe Nesbo's uh, stuff, you know, the, who wrote uh, the Snowman and all the Harry, the Harry Hooley. Um, no, uh, I haven't haven't read them, but I've I've definitely heard you know heard good things about them. Yeah, fantastic. again, very cinematic by the oh. nature of uh, 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 of how he writes, and I often I, I do think I think thrillers in particular lend themselves to that. Um, there, there's a pace, there's a, um, but as you say, a, a real beauty to to the writing. Um, yeah. So talking of the movies, talking of, you know, that that book almost playing out like a film in your head. If you if we were gonna cast Jinx, um, who who have you who in your head have you got lined up to play Amy and some of the other characters? Um I always find this really hard to <laughs> hard question to answer. Um, but I really love actually Jennifer Lawrence who's plays oh, yeah. Katniss Everdeen in the in the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, uh, good call. I love her as an actress. Um and I just think she would work really well as Amy actually. Because although Amy's got her insecurities and her issues, I guess as it were, she's also quite a strong character. Um and I think Jennifer Lawrence plays that quite well in in a lot of films that she does. So yeah, I definitely could see her can see her playing it yeah absolutely no, i think it's such a good shout again because there's that complexity to amy in particular yeah. right at the heart of the novel that that i think yeah she could absolutely bring bring that out fully mm-hmm. and, and as you mentioned jessica you're you know at the, at the moment self-publishing and what's you know what what's that like well what are the what what are the, the you know the, the challenges with that and, and the benefits so yeah, self-publishing was something I never really thought of when I started writing. I just wanted to write a book because it was a hobby, um, you know, start a lockdown for something to do. Um, and I decided to go down that route after speaking to a friend of mine who did self-publishing. And uh, he was just like, just, you know, go for it. And yeah, he, he helped me with a lot of it. Mm. Um, it's a huge learning curve to start with. Um it's definitely not for everyone because I was very naive at the start and I just thought, oh, I'll just push publish and people will read my book and it'll be fine and I'll sell some books. But it doesn't happen unless you put the effort into marketing yeah. it. Um, and the whole marketing thing is something I literally have to learn and do every single day. 
I've done courses and and learned about all these things and I've made mistakes I've learned from them I'm sure I'll make more mistakes in the, in the future but it's it's something that I'm learning as I go along um and anything I do learn I try and tell other self-published authors I've got several friends of mine who are releasing their debut book very soon or this year um, and I've helped them kind of from from the ground up as it were um so anything you know any experiences I do have or anything I do learn I try and try and pass on because it's it's not an easy road <laughs> to yeah. go down uh, and I am looking at traditional publishing at the moment I am querying with agents with another of my books that I've written uh, and, and I guess we'll just see where that goes you know um so yeah but at the moment I'm enjoying the self-publishing route um, and the good thing about it is actually you have 100% control of your book well that's it right <laughs> you can decide how yep. much you charge you can decide what the cover looks like yep. you don't if, if your editor says this isn't working you can choose to ignore them if you want <laughs> it's completely up to you what you put in your book and how you market it and what it looks like um yeah. and that's that's probably the, the best thing about being self-published is yeah. you have full control so yeah and what about those you know better uh better or beta how do you pronounce it beta i don't know i just say better readers. i like it yeah better readers yeah i like it well better reader because it works on, on two levels then right <laughs> you make it better yeah exactly yeah. well well you know those better readers what you know do they give you feedback and then you know as a uh, as an author how do how do you process or, or uh, respond mm. to that feedback yeah so my first few books i didn't use them because I didn't know what they were. Again, I was naive. <laughs> um, and Jinx is the first book I actually used Better Readers mm. for. And it just gives... So it's not the finished product. It might not be polished. There might be a few spelling mistakes and editing mistakes. But they know that. That's, that's you know, you tell them. Um, and I normally provide them maybe with a, a few questions, like... You know, is there anything you didn't like? What didn't you, what worked about this? What didn't work about that? Yeah. You know, what do you like about these characters? What don't you like? And then you can just be like, just any other feedback to to try and make it better. And it was tough actually to start with because receiving that criticism, like constructive criticism, I guess. But you're looking at it at you know you need, you need to look at it from a big perspective. You're trying to make the book better as it were and so it makes sense you might have seen a massive plot not seen a massive plot hole mm. and someone with a fresh pair of eyes and coming in is it's perfect for that really um mm. because you can definitely become blind to your own work mm. um, and the words that you see on the page um might actually you know read differently to to a reader who's looking at it with fresh pair of eyes so mm. so i definitely would always recommend using a better reader if you're self-published um getting a professional editor having a professional cover this is if you're if you're definitely serious yeah. about about being self-published um and you know all of my covers are professionally made mm -hmm. but i give them the ideas as it were and then they give me what they come up with because i'm not a designer <laughs> I'm not a designer. I'm not a book marketer. I just want to write, but you have to yeah. do everything else as well, being self-published. So uh, I've definitely learned 
what works and what doesn't work for covers. Um, and Jinx is actually a very unique cover. It's very different to my others. All of mine have a face of some sort on the cover and are black. This doesn't have a face and it's white. So it's it's very different. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've heard people saying, oh, it's so pretty. And I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> but it's, it's a thrill, you know, it's a thriller. It's, yeah, it might be pretty, but I wanted the fire and, and kind of that on the cover and just to be eye-catching, you know, just to try something different with it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's a great video on, on Instagram of you unboxing it uh yeah. the, the paperback when it when it arrived the other day and yeah. uh you know for for sure and, and just you know there's some really um powerful dedications at the very start of the novel um mm. just what you know what, what what did that mean for you having those dedications there yeah again it's the first book that i've used that you know put in dedications i mean yeah. i guess i dedicate all my books to my family and friends and everyone who's helped me and that sort of thing but this one was just a little bit different because I felt like it was more real to a lot of people due to the mental health side of things um you know we, I go heavy into mental health bullying sexual harassment PTSD other traumas um and unfortunately it's extremely common out there and I just wanted to dedicate it to anyone who has possibly been through anything like that who might be struggling you know and and yeah hopefully it um you know it makes people more aware I guess of Mm. of what actually goes on you know it's not okay that these things happen the bullying sexual harassment etc etc but I think we need to be more open and acknowledge it that it does happen um and unfortunately it happens for a lot of people not just women and here i'm not you know the dedication is very um that it's not just women that this happens to you know men and, and everyone else as well so yeah. yeah and for those um that want to be able to get hold of jinx get hold of all of your work uh where can people uh you know find you yeah so Jinx is available to pre-order now on Amazon uh, as an ebook or paperback. All of my details, a bit about me, about all of my novels, contact information, reviews, and all that sort of thing can be found on my website, which is www.jessicahuntleyauthor.com. You can also sign up to my newsletter there. And this is where I send out two newsletters a month and looks at any uh, book news that I've got coming up, any promotions I've got coming up, uh, little sneak peeks into what I'm writing at the moment. Um, you might get some free chapters of what I'm writing at the moment. Uh, yeah, just I just keep everyone up to date basically on my newsletter about what I'm doing. And, you know, the newsletter subscribers are always the first people to know about something and then I'll put it on social media a bit later. Um, social media wise, I'm on Instagram as at Jessica underscore reading underscore writing. I'm also on TikTok with the following uh, with the same um, name. I am on Twitter and Facebook as well, but not as not as much as I am on Instagram. Um, yeah, so that's that's where you can find me. And and I love getting tagged in book reviews and anything like that because I love chatting to readers and other writers and things like that. So you know, if you do read the book and if you do like it. 
you know, I'd love to love to hear about it. Just chat to me. I'm always an open book, as it were. <laughs> chatting about chatting about it or any questions. Fabulous, fabulous. And of course, and publication day for Jinx is it's the fifteenth of April. Thank you so much, Jessica, for for your time and for for answering, you know, for yeah, for answering all the questions, for having such a such yeah, a great you, chat. Jeff. And uh thank you for having me. Our pleasure and just wish you all the best with uh with Jinx and with uh with all, all the future future novels as well. And and can't wait to read more. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. The Long Talk was written, presented and produced by Matt Robinson. All episodes of King Size available wherever you pod. Find us on Instagram at King Size Podcast. Music, end credits by Last Picture Show. Keep it king size.